Welcome back to another volume of Truly Disturbing Tales from Reddit. Today we're going to be narrating three new unsettling stories taken directly from the platform. I encourage you all to sit back, grab a snack, and enjoy these terrifying personal accounts. Now, without any further delay, let's jump right in. At the time of this tale, I was 27 years old. I was living with a boyfriend, who is now my fiancé, in the same home we live in today. Our home is a small beach cottage with multiple windows on all sides. The home was moved in the 70s from a rural beach town, just a few miles from here, to our quaint neighborhood amongst sprawling brick ranches, in what I imagine at the time to be a desirable little working-class neighborhood on the edge of town. Around the time of my story, my boyfriend would take frequent trips out of town, often for work but also on occasion to assist his older parents, who lived out of state, with their home, repairs, remodeling, etc. He'd typically be gone for a few weeks but up to two months at a time. At this point, he'd been out of town for almost a week or so. I was just rolling along in my day-to-day -day life like normal going to work at my 9 to 5, working out in the evening, chores, rinse, and repeat. One night, I was lying in bed, on the cusp of my sleepy melatonin stupor, when suddenly, I was jolted wide awake, with an overwhelming feeling to get up and check that all the windows of our house were locked. I thought it was a strange impulse, other than the fact that I hadn't checked the windows since my boyfriend had left. I had no rational reason to think of the windows right then and there. No strange sounds, nothing of that nature. I begrudgingly drug myself from my cozy cocoon to check the windows. Most were locked up tight, but there were a few that had been left unlocked. I threw on the lock latches that had been left unsecured and groggily stumbled back to bed, not thinking anything else about it, as I drifted off to a restful night's sleep. The next morning, as usual, I woke up to the cringe-inducing alarm blaring from my phone and began readying myself for work. I started the water kettle from my beloved French press and stood at my kitchen window waiting for that whistle. My entire body was instantly coated in goosebumps as I noticed a single slice in my kitchen window screen. Utterly shocked, I ran to the office, then to the guest room, to the laundry room, and as I'm sure you've already guessed, every screen in my home had a single slice in it. A slice just large enough to fit a hand through. All but three screens out of our 18 windows in the house had been sliced. The three that were left untouched were the windows to my bedroom. The bedroom that I peacefully slept my butt off in while someone attempted to get into my house. By this time, the kettle was screeching at me to remove it from the heat. I ran shaking to the kitchen to answer the kettle's call, all while attempting to not keel over from the second heart attack I was having before I'd even dressed. I was freaked out beyond measure. The cops were called and a detective came out to investigate. On the back side of my house, he noticed a single, large handprint on one of the windows. They tested for fingerprints and determined that the person attempting to get in was wearing gloves. 
He, of course, had no proof, but he also believed that the person must have known that I was in the bedroom, and that's why they never messed with any one of those screens. Nothing ever came of the investigation. I can't explain why I got out of bed that night, but now I will forever trust my gut. Follow-up. So this all happened about five years or so ago. I know that those slices weren't there when I checked the windows that night. We often choose fresh air over air conditioning, so we would have noticed the screens. Not to mention, my fiancé is a bit anal about these things. We have since installed motion lights and cameras. Nothing even vaguely similar has happened since that night. My boyfriend was unable to come home immediately, and let me tell you, those next few nights alone, after the incident, were the scariest evenings of my life. The police did regular nightly patrols of my neighborhood for a few weeks following this incident, but no suspects were ever found. This story is going to take me all the way back to the 1970s. Back in 1978, I was nine years old. I lived in Bellingham, Washington, a small city about an hour and a half north of Seattle. My parents were the carefree hippie types and pretty much let me roam the streets and visit friends as long as I was home by dark. This particular day, it was late summer, and I took the bus across town to visit my friend Leslie. We would go buy candy at the corner store and walk to Fred Meyer, which was a Target-type store back in the day to watch TV in the electronics section. My parents didn't let me watch much TV at home, so I could spend a whole day at Fred Meyer watching whatever I wanted. It got to be the late afternoon, so Leslie and I decided to part ways. I walked to the bus stop downtown, and as I was waiting, I couldn't help but notice this white car slowly drive by, and just the way the driver looked at me made me begin to shake. I watched him turn the corner, Instinctively, I knew he was going around the block, just to come back. Lo and behold, that's exactly what he did. This time, he parked across the street. He got out of his car, slowly walking up to me, and he asked me if I wanted a ride. I remember everything about him. Curly dark hair, thick mustache, and the feeling I got from him was nothing I'd ever felt before. He pretty much paced up and down the block, smiling as he walked by, repeatedly offering me a ride. He then walked back to his car and began talking on some kind of CB radio or walkie-talkie or something. He was talking to someone about me. I could tell by the way he was nodding and smiling at me the entire time he did. He approached one more time about a ride, and this time I yelled out, No! Thankfully, the bus came shortly after, but I knew that he would follow the bus. I went to the back of the bus and watched from the back window. He waited behind the bus at every stop. My stop was coming up. It was on a corner. I got off the bus and ran as fast as I could. I looked back once and could see the back of his car. He had obviously parked. I ran another half block before crouching down behind a tree or a bush, and I could see him standing on the corner, staring down the street, obviously looking for me. After a few minutes of not being able to spot me, 
he left. This is when I'm going to fast forward to January of 1979. There must not have been school that day because, once again, I found myself at Fred Meyer watching TV. A news story came on one of the TV sets. Two local college women had been murdered by a man named Kenneth Bianchi. As they showed a picture of this man, my entire body went cold because it was him. The same guy that came up and offered me a ride several months ago. His face was all over the news for a while. But only later in life did I find out that he and his cousin were the infamous Hillside Stranglers. They had murdered young girls and women in L.A., and then Bianchi moved up to Bellingham in the summer of 78. In a weird and creepy twist of fate that added to this, I learned that he had also worked at Fred Meyer. Another strange element to this is that Bianchi moved to Bellingham without his cousin. So who was he talking to that day that he tried to get me into his car? Bianchi was responsible for 12 deaths that police have proven, but he is suspected to have committed several others in his time. He currently is serving a sentence at Washington State Penitentiary in Walla Walla and will be eligible to apply for parole in 2025. I've held on to this story for over 40 years now, and it's one that I'm sure I will still remember 40 years from today. I hope that man never sees the light of day again, on account of all the horrible things that he did. Let me start this off by letting you know that I was living close to a metropolitan area for a little over a year before moving back to my tiny hometown. Before then, I was in college, other places, etc. And I didn't interact with anyone from my hometown besides my family for many years. I even deactivated Facebook for a few years. But anyway, fast forward to the fall of 2020. I moved into a house in the tiny town. I decided that it was a perfect night to chill and get inebriated off many glasses of wine. I was relaxing on the couch with my girlfriend when we suddenly heard someone knock on the front door. It was around midnight, so my girlfriend immediately told me to not answer it. When I got up to pull the blinds on the glass portion of the door, I saw a meek-looking girl, probably younger than 20, standing on our porch with a blanket and bag in her hand. I was shaken, because in a town like this, in the Midwest, there are literally no homeless people. Or, because the town is so small, people usually have a support network when things go sour. I asked her what was going on, and she said that she was homeless and needed a place to stay. My drunk self thought it was an amazing time to fulfill my need of helping the world by opening my front door to let her stay in the guest bedroom. My girlfriend immediately sat her down and began asking her questions, and the young girl's answers were pretty vague thinking back on it. Eventually, she told us she knocked on every door down the street to find a place to stay because she had gotten into a fight with her mom, so she really wasn't homeless. It is also odd to think that a young girl would do that, considering the inherent danger involved. Eventually, I found out that she went to the same private school that I went to, from 1st through 6th grade. 
We were kind of bonding on sh talking the campus because it's this new age bullshit school run by boomers. But then she mentioned that she had a no contact order for sitting at the same table as someone at the school. My drunk self did not register that no contact meant restraining order. So we're talking and then she says that she recognizes me from Facebook. That raised alarm bells for me, especially because I've never seen this girl before in my life and we have an almost 10 year age gap. She told me it was because I posted a local rental on the Facebook home share. It was for my mom who was a realtor without Facebook. Okay, well, that's reasonable, small town. But then she tells me that she knows my mom. This is another alarm because my mom and I have different last names and she doesn't have social media or any way to connect us. Another thing my drunk self registered only the next morning. Fast forward to the morning. She says she's going to leave and I ask her if she wants a ride home because it's cold out. As I drive down the street several miles, I realize she does live on the same street, but she also would have had to pass at least five developments and many rows of houses to get to my house. Was I really the only one to answer the door? Or did she target my house for some reason? The next day, my girlfriend and I both discussed how odd that was and how many things just didn't add up. Later in the day, we come back home from the store and we see that same girl in front of our house again. I'm panicking because I'm horrible with confrontation and my girlfriend said, you let her into our house, you deal with it. She stays in the car and I ask the girl what's going on and she asks again if she can stay with us. I panicked and asked her to come out with me to the car. My girlfriend told her that she didn't know if she had a gun or who she was and she could only stay with us if she opened up to us about everything, especially why she's not going home. We sat her down in the kitchen and nicely grilled her only to get vague answers again. To be honest, initially I was concerned it was an abuse situation, but it turns out it wasn't. At this point, she's in our house and we don't know how to get her out. By a sheer stroke of luck, she says she's leaving to go to the dining hall and will come back later. Pretty much the moment she left, we quickly taped signs on both the front and back doors that read, Landlord won't allow additional tenants. Best to go back to your mom's. Now, it's later in the evening and dark out at this point, and we begin to hear banging out on the front door. Then we hear banging on the side door. Then the back door. Finally, it stops. Both me and my girlfriend were upstairs, and we knew it was her. So we just waited it out, probably about an hour if I had to guess. I ended up walking downstairs to check because we were both starving and wanted to use the kitchen downstairs. I decided to take literally one finger and slide one blind shade up from another to peek through the kitchen glass doors. And she's standing there, facing me, in the f***ing pitch black on my back deck. After an hour, no less. I looked her dead in the eye and then turned around and noped right back upstairs. More time passed and she eventually left. When I opened the door, we noticed that she had taken the handwritten notes. As the next day rolls by, everybody's mom and cousin is lecturing slash laughing at me about opening my door to a stranger, which, to be honest, I would never normally do. 
but the whole thing wasn't sitting well with me, and I needed more information. I posted something on Facebook about it, and a guy I went to elementary school with messaged me asking if it was, insert female's name here, because she had an obsession with him that led to a restraining order. He advised me that she's probably harmless, but not to respond to her. She hasn't come back since, and I still have no clue why she truly showed up or how she knew me. It cost me the purchase of a ring security system, but I guess it could have been worse. I feel I should add that I did ask my mom if she knew the girl, and at first she said no. But then I described the girl to my mom, and she remembered showing her a different property than the one I posted on Facebook months earlier. Although, in the end, my mom ended up renting that place to someone else. I even asked my mom if she accidentally mentioned anything about me or where I lived to this girl, but she didn't. A single fleeting thought popped into my head that maybe that girl was upset she didn't get the rental she had wanted from my mom. But how that led her to me in my home? I don't think I'll ever know. Strange story, we're no worse for the wear, but I won't be opening our home up to anybody else anytime soon. Copious amounts of wine, be damned. I'm interested in what you all think, though. Why did she pick our house? What was her deal? And more importantly, what do I do with all of this? <laughs>